We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. It is game day. Lakers versus Spurs tonight. Can the Lakers make it two in a row against San Antonio? And will the Lakers have their full complement of players, with the exception, of course, of Gabe Vincent? We've got an update on the injury report. But first, a little bit of news to get into. Actually, first, before before the news, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and check out our channel membership program. Click that join button. Just did a fun show last night where I did a live show for members only and had members come on stage, hang out, talk Lakers basketball. It was a good time. Click that join button. Check out the perks that we offer over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. All right, let's start off with this. It was the news that came out yesterday, maybe a continuation of a story that we've been following, and that's that Zach Levine, according to a Chicago-based reporter, prefers to be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, specifically due to the clutch sports connection that's going on there. Now, regardless of what the reason is, Zach Levine wanting to be a Laker is not a surprise. There's plenty of reasons that you could point to, and all of them are certainly valid. Yes, Clutch Sports is one of them. Zach Levine being a Clutch Sports client. Clutch Sports obviously having a good relationship with the Lakers because of how many Clutch Sports clients they've had over the last few years, including, I don't know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, some players who, you know, kind of matter. Um, so that, that connection obviously is there, and that's real. But on top of that, Zach Levine played his college basketball for UCLA, and you'd have to imagine if he is going to leave the Chicago Bulls, he would like to go to a team that has a chance to contend. And the Lakers certainly fancy themselves as contenders. In fact, they just won the in-season tournament and went to the Western Conference Finals this past year. So Zach Levine wanting to be a Los Angeles Laker, well, it makes a lot of sense. Now, the question is, does it matter what Zach Levine wants? He has three more years under contract after this one. And they come at a pretty hefty price tag, all north of $40 million. The third year is a player option that rings in at just about $50 million. I don't know if that kind of money is what the Lakers really want to be on the hook for, nor will a lot of other teams. In fact, that's why we've heard reports that there are, there's essentially no market for Zach Levine 
right now. Now, the Bulls, of course, are going to ask for a lot because guess what? Everybody asks for a lot this time of year on the trade market. The trade market doesn't start getting serious till mid-January, typically. And then even then, it can take till the trade deadline before teams really put all their cards on the table and say what it is they actually want, as well as the offers get realistic on both sides right now. Things are far apart. Why? Because sellers are asking for the moon and buyers are offering very little. Eventually, as we get closer and closer to the deadline, those two sides inch closer and closer together and off you go. Sometimes deals get done. But Zach Levine wants to be a, a Laker and the Lakers have to ask themselves whether or not he's the piece that puts them over the top. I've certainly seen games recently where LeBron James is off the floor and the Lakers offense whew, does not look good, does not look good. And you can't help but in those moments think, what would Zach Levine do right now? What would he do for this team? Is he putting the ball in the basket right now for this Lakers team? Because that would make a difference. Now, I think the, the issue is Zach Levine is probably just fine if he's your third guy, which he would be right now on this Lakers team. But if his contract goes for three more years, which it does, well, then you're signing up to make Zach Levine your second guy along with Anthony Davis whenever LeBron retires. Who knows? Maybe LeBron plays another five years and Zach Levine would always be the third guy. I don't know. But I think it's more probable than not that LeBron isn't going to play another three years. Who knows if he'll even be a Laker after this year? He's got a player option this coming summer. May just wind up going and signing with whoever drafts Bronny. That's certainly possible. So, should the Lakers hitch their wagon to Zach Levine potentially being their second guy moving forward? That's where I think it gets problematic. And on top of that, it's the contract. We just got out of this. We just got out of this with Russell Westbrook, and I'm not saying Zach Levine is Russell Westbrook, but we've seen firsthand how damaging it can be to play to pay a player to be a tier or two better than they are. With Russ, it was even more than that. Russell Westbrook was paid to be a super-duper star, right? He was one of the top-paid guys in the NBA. He was paid to be the man, and he was far from it. That hurt. It's really hard to build out the rest of your roster and be any good when you've got one guy that's making way more than he should. And again, I'm not saying that Zach Levine is not a very good player. There's if you just if you said forget the contracts and you just put Zach Levine on the roster, yeah, the Lakers are a better team. Even if you said you got to swap out Rui and, and D'Angelo Russell, yeah, the Lakers are probably still a better team with Zach Levine. The problem is what else you have to add to that. The problem is what you have to add in terms of players and draft capital, plus the opportunity cost the taking on that long-term salary represents. And then does Zach Levine fix everything that you need him to fix? Is he a defensive stalwart on the perimeter? No. Is he going to help you out in the post? Is he another big body to go down there and take some of the burden off of AD? No. Can he shoot the three? Yeah, but his numbers aren't that great this season. Would they be better as a Laker? Probably, because attention would be drawn elsewhere. But still, it's not like he's a 45% three-point shooter. So for all the good that Zach Levine brings, and I really I have a hard time with this because I don't want to come across like I'm anti-Zach Levine or I think he's a bad player. I don't. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a very good player. I just question whether or not this is the move for the Lakers, particularly a Lakers team that just won the in-season tournament. This, isn't, this is a big move. 
This is a big move. This is a, you're going to go add a star type move. And you can argue whether or not Zach Levine is that, but he's paid like that. So for your roster build, he is, and he needs to be that. He needs to be a star. But if you're the Lakers, is now the time to really blow everything up, to make big moves? That's where philosophically I have an issue. I get it. If, if a deal falls in your lap and it's too good to be turned, turned down, okay, understand. Especially if it's something that checks a lot of boxes. But with this Lakers team, they just proved that they've got something. When they turn it up, when they're really going as they did as the in-season tournament, in the in that tournament, they've got something. Yeah, there's there's things you need to add, but those are little kind of tweaks on the margins. Those aren't tear it down, rebuild it type moves. Those aren't major construction moves. We're not doing demolition. We're not knocking down walls here or anything like that. No, you're just you're adding a little bit, some accents here and there. That's what you're doing with this Lakers team. And so from a philosophical level, I, I just knowing the contracts that you have to stack up in order to get Zach Levine, I just have a hard time thinking it makes sense. And if the Lakers had a big contract on their books that they didn't really want, that wasn't helping them on the floor, but it was an expiring deal. Okay. Like if we're still living in, in Russell Westbrook hell, where you've got this $47 million anchor keeping your team from getting to where it wants to go. Okay. You want let's talk Zach Levine for Russ and let's talk about what else you can package with Russ and make this happen. Right. That, that that's a different discussion though, than what this Lakers team has and is right now. So, the news that Zach Levine wants to be a Laker, it's no surprise. The question is, do the Lakers want Zach Levine? And do they want him enough to sacrifice what it would take to get him? That's where I think it becomes more problematic if you're the Lakers. But that's where the situation currently stands. We're going to hear tons of trade rumors involving the Lakers because we always do, heading up to the February 8th trade deadline. Remember, as of today, Right now, December 15th, the Lakers, most of the guys they signed over the summer are now trade eligible, including D'Angelo Russell. The only two who are not are Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. They become trade eligible on January 15th. Well, I misspoke. There's another one. Jared Vanderbilt is actually not trade eligible all season, so the Lakers will not be moving him. But um, the other one's available to be traded as, well, Anthony Davis as well in that not tradable list. But um, Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, Christian Wood, on and on. These guys, they're all now trade eligible. Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves become trade eligible January 15th. So expect the trade rumors to continue. Will Zach Levine get moved? Sounds like the Bulls want to move him sooner rather than later. I think the earliest the Lakers could do it would be January 15th. But the Bulls want to get a chance to see what their new team looks like after a Zach Levine trade so that they can then make their decisions before the trade deadline. A trade with the Lakers even on January 15th. Doesn't give them a lot of time to do that. So perhaps another factor in Chicago's decision-making. All right, let's jump over to the Lakers injury report. So uh, one surprise on it, actually. Torian Prince popped up as questionable for tonight's game against the Spurs. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, also questionable. Jared Vanderbilt, probable to play tonight against San Antonio. Now, we had talked about this, that if Anthony Davis gets to sit out this game, which, what, what does Victor Wembanyama do if AD sits out? 
yikes, that that could be a little scary. But again, you don't want to be the you do not want to be the team that the Spurs snapped their losing streak against. It's at 18 games now. The Lakers were almost that team. Don't be that team. That's what you can't have happen. You can't be that team that the Spurs snapped their losing streak against. So if Anthony Davis does not play, the downside is a loss suddenly becomes more likely. When Benyama, his his skill will really shine. But but the positive would be Anthony Davis would have four straight days off because the Lakers don't play again till Monday. You have Saturday and Sunday off. Lakers didn't play on Thursday. You take Friday off. That's a nice stretch for an Anthony Davis who has been dealing with a groin injury, been trying to, to get that better, have four days in a row off at this point in the NBA schedule. That would be pretty nice. So there's a something that's enticing about potentially having Anthony Davis sit. LeBron James sat last game. I would have to imagine he probably plays this one. But do the Lakers feel like you can roll the dice and get a win tonight without Anthony Davis, but with LeBron James? Maybe you let AD get a full four days off to rest and recover before he gets back at it. Maybe that's the best way to manage that injury. That's going to be something I'm going to be keeping an eye on on the injury report. And then again, Torian Prince popping up on the injury report. Listed as questionable. If he's not able to go, I think that probably funnels more minutes to Rui Hachimura, maybe some more minutes to Max Christie as well. But something to keep an eye on. He's been shooting the hell out of the ball and over the last few weeks. Been fantastic. Remember, he had a really rough first three weeks in November. People were fed up. They were exasperated. They were ready to banish him from this team. Well, now the, the tables have turned. Now the shot's starting to fall. We knew he's a better shooter than what he was showing for most of November with the Lakers, and now things have started to turn around for him. Hopefully, he's a go tonight against San Antonio. So that's where we're at on the injury report right now. I do need to get into the mailbag in just a moment, but first, let's talk just big picture about this matchup. Lakers-Spurs. What do they need to do in order to get a win tonight? Now, it's easy to say, well, just play hard. And maybe that's the answer, right? The Spurs, they're um, they're bad at basketball. Not a good thing when you're an NBA team. They're not a good basketball team. But we also saw them figure some things out against the Lakers last game. We saw them figure out that if Anthony Davis is gimpy, which he was, you could put your head down and drive on the Lakers perimeter defenders, get to the basket. Anthony Davis wasn't going to be able to stop you. And you could find success doing that. Keldon Johnson went berserk, getting to the basket, burning Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, the Lakers perimeter defenders. It drove me crazy that Darvin Ham didn't throw in the Lakers better perimeter defenders to slow them down when the Spurs were getting to the basket over and over and over again. I know it frustrated a lot of you out there in Lakers Nation, but the Lakers in this matchup tonight do we see them right that wrong? Do we see a more defense-first approach? Because you know San Antonio is going to do the same thing. They're going to be driving to the basket. They're going to attack the Lakers' perimeter defenders. Therefore, more Max Christie, more Jared Vanderbilt, more Cam Reddish. Those things can solve some of the problems with the perimeter defense, especially if you're willing to take that hit offensively of not having enough shooting on the floor and trust that your defense is going to force turnovers and get stops, especially if you get a lead. If you can get a lead, then you can throw it all in on defense and off you go, which is what I was surprised the Lakers didn't do last game in the fourth quarter. Instead, putting a very offensive-based unit on the floor when the Spurs had it rolling. That was 
strange decision making last game. But I talk about this a lot. You know, there's certain over the years of doing this, there's certain rules that I see in the NBA, certain things that you want to follow, certain mantras that, that you want to live by. Um, one of them that you guys hear from me a lot, especially around the trade deadline, is that no trade is better than a bad trade. People get frustrated when they see their team not make a trade. Sometimes the only moves that were out there are not good moves, and fans would have been even more frustrated if the team made a bad trade. So sometimes the patience to not make a move is a virtue. But another one that I say a lot is that you have to take care of the games you're supposed to win. Win the games you're supposed to. If you want to get to where you want to go in the NBA in terms of the standings, yes, it'd be great if you beat all the best teams. That'd be fantastic. But the true key is winning the games you're supposed to win. If you are a playoff team, you have to make sure that you consistently take care of business against the lower level teams. You can't be that team that takes five, six, seven nights off over the course of the year and you drop games to bad teams that's going to knock you down in the standing. Because you know what's happening? All your opponents, they're beating up on those teams. They're stock stockpiling wins against the San Antonio Spurs of the world. And if you're not, you're going to fall behind. Because you know what? When you're playing the other teams, the, the other really good teams, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. That's the way it goes. Because reality is, when you're playing a good team, if you are a good, I think the Lakers are a good team, but if you're a good team and you're playing another good team, there's going to be some nights where you play, you have full attention, completely focused. You're given everything you've got to win the game. And the other team just has a good night. They shoot the ball well and you lose. That's going to happen. But you know what? Against the bad teams, the Spurs, the Hornets, the Pistons, if you go out there and you're a true playoff contending team like the Lakers are, you go out there, give full effort, full focus, full attention to it. You know what's going to happen? You're going to win. Almost every time you may look what one in 10, maybe you drop, maybe it's even greater than maybe it's one in 20. We're talking about the true bottom of the barrel teams that you might drop because they get hot on a certain night or whatever. But if you go out there and you are completely committed to that basketball game, it's going to be a win. Almost certainly. You can't say that when you go up into a matchup with these top tier teams, you can't. You could be at your very best, and it's possible one of these other really good teams just beats you. It's not going to happen when you're playing the bottom-tier team. So if you want to guarantee a win, it's focused, focusing on those games. So against the Spurs, against the Pistons, against the Hornets, against these, these bottom-tier teams, the Blazers, you get in there, you focus, and it's easier said than done. You take care of business, and you bank the win. And if you do that enough, and your opponents are going to falter every now and then against these teams, well, that's going to get you where you want to go in the postseason. So to me, the key is beating the teams you're supposed to beat. This is a game the Lakers should win. I hope that what happened in the fourth quarter of this last game when they gave up 45 points to San Antonio will still serve as a wake-up call, that we will not see the Lakers come out tonight, regardless of who is on the floor, thinking, well, it's the Spurs, so what happened in the fourth quarter, that was an outlier. That's never happening again. We're going to cruise this game without having to try. If they do that, one of my other sayings, never give a bad team hope. It's the worst thing you can do, especially a team that's lost 18 games in a row because you know what they're going to do? They're going to play like their lives are on the line because they're going to smell blood. They're going to think 
that there's an opportunity for them to get a win, which is so elusive, so rare, they will throw everything at it, and then you've got a fight on your hands. So before we even get to any of the X's and O's and anything for tonight's game, the mental approach to this game is extremely important. This Lakers team has got to be careful that they don't overlook the Spurs, that they don't discount what happened in the fourth quarter of last game, that instead they take that to heart, they use that as motivation, and they come out and play aggressive, they play focused with attention to detail. That's the kind of Lakers basketball we need to see tonight. Now, aside from that, obviously if Anthony Davis does or doesn't play, that makes a big difference in strategy. Same thing with, uh, with LeBron James. What I'd like to see in this game, though, I'd like to see the Lakers do a better job containing drives from the perimeter. I'd also like to see the Lakers attacking Wembenyama a little bit earlier, try to push him off of his spots. Again, much easier said than done, but you can't have him going berserk. Now he got hot from three, so did Keldon Johnson. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. But then from the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell needs a bounce back game in a big way. You know, it was just two weeks ago. I put it out there on X, uh, at Trevor underscore Lane. I said, who's the third best Laker? Simple question. Got a lot of responses. And you know what most of them said? D'Angelo Russell. I have a feeling if I asked the question again today, the answer would be a bit different. D'Lo's been struggling lately. Not shooting the ball nearly as well. 30% from three the month of December. He's a 40% three-point shooter for the season, or was. Now he's dropped down to 38% as he slid in the month of December. He needs a bounce back. And I'm the one of the first ones always saying that D'Angelo Russell, you ride the roller coaster. You understand that when he has a cold stretch, he's going to bounce back and have a hot streak. Sometimes it's one game down, one game up. One game down, one game up. Sometimes that's the pattern. Right now, it doesn't seem to be. He's been kind of mired in a bit of a funk. Doesn't seem to have the same bounce in his step. Doesn't look like he's playing with as much confidence as he was just a couple of weeks ago. So I think D'Angelo Russell, more than any other Laker right now, needs a bounce back game. He needs a big game, and especially against a bad team like the Spurs, D'Angelo Russell stepping up and scoring the basketball. I'm talking 25-ish points from D'Lo. That would be exactly what the doctor orders for D'Angelo Russell tonight. You need him to step up and have a big game, especially if AD or LeBron are out. You really need him to get going. I thought I think Austin is starting to get into a rhythm. Austin Reeves, he's finding his way. Rui Hachimura, he said the mask really is bothering him that he got hit a few times last game and it would have rebroken his nose if he didn't have the mask on. So it's not like he can just throw the mask off, but he has to wear it and it is bothering him. So I don't know how much offensive production you're going to get out of Rui right now. The Lakers need D'Lo, again, especially if LeBron and or Anthony Davis are out for tonight's game. And even if they do play, look, we know it's going to happen. The Spurs are going to pack the paint. D'Angelo Russell needs to take advantage, knock in those threes, he needs a bounce-back game for his own confidence, for Lakers fans' confidence in him. Let's get it done. D'Angelo Russell bounce back. Let's make it happen tonight. Christian Wood also is a guy I wanted to talk about. Got a lot of minutes last game against the Spurs, 21 minutes. I don't know if that's the best plan moving forward to play him quite that many minutes. Again, if Rui's mask really is bothering him that much, maybe you don't have a choice. But um, I, I'm, I'm for giving Christian Wood minutes. I just am not for giving him minutes and asking him to defend on the perimeter in a game when you're getting lit up by drives to the basket by smaller, quicker players. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Now, of course, if AD is out, Christian Wood's going to have to play a lot. Same thing with Jackson Hayes, who didn't play much last game against the Spurs. So, look, this is this game is one that 
is very much going to be determined by whether or not LeBron and Anthony Davis play. The game changes a ton depending on wh whether they are in or out. But regardless, this should be a win. I just want to see this Lakers team get out there, take care of business, don't mess around, don't overlook this team, bank the win, and then go into a weekend with Saturday and Sunday off before we get back to it next week. All right, I do need to get into the mailbag. Before I get there, though, let me give a shout-out to our sponsors. The first one is Doer. Now, Doer is absolutely fantastic. When I'm choosing what to wear, I want to be very comfortable. That is my key. I have to be comfortable. And Doer jeans have become part of my daily wardrobe. I literally wear my Doer jeans pretty much every single day at this point. Anytime I have to go out, let's say there's some days where I'm just wearing sweats, but anytime I have to go out and look decently presentable, I will, I will underdress in order to be comfortable. I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing that. I'm fine with doing that. I'm fine with being the underdressed one in the room as long as I'm comfortable. With Dewar, I don't have to look underdressed because these are really nice, good-looking jeans. My wife loves them. In fact, when I first tried on my do my Dewar jeans, she went, whoa, those are way better than the jeans you've got now. And I said, yes, they are. And they feel great. They are super comfortable. They, they're the best-looking pair of jeans that I own. And they're also the most comfortable. So for someone like me who prioritizes comfort over everything else, it's a win-win. I, I look better, get jeans that, that fit well, and they're more comfortable than literally any other pair of jeans that I own. They are durable. They're flexible. You don't sacrifice comfort or style. They're antibacterial, which equals less watch, uh, washing. Uh, temperature re regulating fabrics for all day and all weather comfort and doer clothes are sustainably crafted to last a long time so they'll be a staple for me for years to come i love my doer jeans and you will too they make a great holiday gift for you and for those on your list check out doers flag flagship stores in la or denver or shop online at shopdoer.com slash lakers nation right now my listeners get 15 percent off site-wide when you use my special url shopduer.com slash Lakers Nation. Take advantage of this because Dewar never goes on sale. Don't wait. 15% off. Go now. Shopduer.com slash Lakers Nation. Those Dewar jeans, jeans really are absolutely fantastic. Um, also want to give a shout out to Underdog. Underdog Fantasy. You guys have heard me talk about them. The easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Their pick em game is so much fun. All you have to do is pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players to build a pick em entry. You can also make rivals picks. which pits two players against each other. Like which player is going to have more points that can be a lot of fun, too, uh, in any given matchup. Uh, look, Underdog, it's been it's so much fun getting on there and playing. It just it increases your engagement with the game. And to me, it, it, it makes it makes watching the games that much more 
exciting. So you can sign up today with promo code LakersNation. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. All right, let's get into the mailbag. Checking out some of the questions and comments coming in from Lakers Nation. Most of these came in after the Lakers. Scary, nerve-wracking win against the Spurs the other night. Piers said, fun trade. Oh, it is the season. Fun trade. Lakers receive Claxton and O'Neal. Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal from the Nets. Nets get Gabe, Max, Christian Wood, and an unprotected first from the Lakers. The Lakers get Alex Caruso from the Bulls. The Bulls get Torian Prince, JHS, and a second from the Lakers. Works on the trade machine. So the Lakers, the net, the Lakers get Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, Alex Caruso. They lose Gabe Vincent, Max Christie, Christian Wood, uh, Torian Prince, JHS, an unprotected first, and a second or two. So I like all the guys that you're bringing back, obviously. Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Alex Caruso. Sure, that definitely helps out. You're moving Torian Prince, but you'd say, well, the Lakers probably have the wing depth to still be okay there. Losing Max Christie hurts. You're you're sacrificing all of your youth, essentially. Max Christie, your, your youth that you would think you've got high investment in here. Max Christie, JHS plus an unprotected first, plus a, a second or two. That's that's a lot of your future. But if you look at that that roster for the Lakers, are, are you winning right now? Probably. And again, you're getting O'Neal back, so that kind of fix, fixes the wing thing. You know, I, I do wonder, do you just pull O'Neal and Torian Prince from the deal? Is that something you maybe look to do? But it, I'd have to look and see if the math still works at that point. You know, I, I don't necessarily hate it, uh, it's a lot of pieces going out. You've got one, two, three, four, five players going out. That's a lot. That's a lot of your roster. On a 14-man roster, five players going out. That's a lot of players going out. you got three coming back, so obviously that opens up a couple of roster spots for you to fill as well. Still, You already have an open roster spot at this point to be a player on the buyout market, so you'd have to have some players that you'd be ready to bring in. Um, I, I think it comes down to this. I don't know that the Nets are going to move Claxton for that offer. Essentially for them, value-wise, it's Max and a first. Are they willing to do that? Maybe. The Bulls are putting out signals that they don't want to move Alex Caruso, period. Now, that could be posturing this time of year. It's very possible. There's a lot of teams right now demanding the world for their players if they're going to sell. And buyers are offering very little because, again, it's that time of year. So it, it's a creative trade. I'll say it makes some sense. I think, yes, if you put those three players on the Lakers right now and you subtract those five, are the Lakers a better team? Yeah, they probably are, um, especially Claxton. I like the idea of having Claxton in there with AD. But, um, and of course, Alex Caruso to defend on the perimeter, that could be massive as well. But I think it's a lot of pieces moving. I don't know if the Lakers want to move quite that many players. We'll see. Matty James, defense isn't even paying attention to Wood. Even when he stands there behind the three-point line like he always does, but yet he plays over Vando. I, I think Vando, they're still trying to work him back in slowly, but Christian Wood, 
and he needs to find his three. He's a 38%, 37% three-point shooter last season. And for his career, he's been a good three-point shooter. Just the offense disappeared for the Lakers. Can't hit a shot. Can't hit those threes. Uh, that was the part of his game we thought was a given. It was his three-point shooting. That that was the part that, that you were going to be able to count on. The questions for Christian Wood were, could he rebound? Could he defend? Could he protect the rim at all? Could he do those things? Because the offense you knew was going to be there. It's MIA. Hopefully he finds it. Daryl Watts became a channel member. Remember, click that join button. You can check that out and see uh, see the perks that we have to offer for channel members. Chef Lev, positive. Lakers practicing winning without LeBron. Hey, that, that's a positive coming out of the last game. The Lakers do need to get better at playing without LeBron James. Trey said, I'm getting sick of Mr. Icy Hot, a.k.a. D'Lo, really losing my patience with him. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But again, literally two weeks ago, D'Angelo Russell was the vast majority's pick for the third best Laker on the team. And now we're losing our patience. They're just, And I'm not saying we shouldn't be frustrated with D'Lo. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's, it's not an acceptable response or whatever. Like, I get it, right? We, you, you, you've got high standards and all that. And Lakers fans, you should have high standards. But sometimes we get so dialed in on any particular game and we get caught in that moment that we can forget to take a step back and go, wait, it was like literally five games ago, six games ago when D'Angelo Russell was the consensus third best Laker on the team. Now it's, oh my gosh, this team won't do anything unless they get rid of D'Lo. I think sometimes we get caught in that, that roller coaster. Now, there have been people who have said from the get-go, though, that D'Angelo Russell is not the guy, that that inconsistency is really the root of the problem and, and all of that. It's just, it's it's interesting because he can be so polarizing because he gives you evidence on either side, right? Like, if you're a D'Lo hater, you're going to find plenty of evidence to hate D'Angelo Russell and say the Lakers aren't going to go anywhere with D'Lo. If you really like D'Lo, you're going to have plenty of evidence to say, look, he's really good. He just dropped 35 points or he shot six of eight from three or whatever. You're There's evidence to both sides. And so he's going to be polarizing in that way. Kodiak said, great game. Um, Victor Wembanyama versus AD was fun. Haven't heard anything about an Alex Caruso trade in a while. JHS and Max Lewis money works. Can a few seconds get it done? I don't. I think the Bulls want a lot, a lot. That's what they're saying. Who knows? Maybe that'll change by the trade deadline. But it's also out there that the Bulls want to move Zach Levine first and then figure out what their roster looks like from there. So it may pay off to be patient here for the Lakers. Northboro said, check Cam's last five assignments. Nobody, including Luca, shot a good percentage. Uh, Vassell was the next one on Cam Island. I, it, it can. It's why it baffles me. Why not go back to Cam to close out the game against the Mavs? Now, maybe he had a thigh thing or something, but why not go back to Cam to close out the game against the Spurs when everybody's getting burned on the perimeter? Look, it's been one of the more fun stories of the season. Cam Reddish, we're all focused on, focused on his offensive game. Turns out he's a really good defensive player, better than anybody expected him to be. Those long arms, they're coming in handy. Use it. Let him close some games. We stack chips, said Trevor. Dela Rui, JHS for Levine. I don't see that affecting our depth that they aren't producing anyway. Think about it. Problem is, that's not the deal. Problem is, the Bulls are going to want picks on top of that. 
But in terms of value, yeah, you, you can't complain about that if that's if that's the deal. But they're going to want picks on top of that. And then I think even if you do that, let's say let's say the Bulls lose their minds and they say Dilo Rui JHS for Levine, just get him off our roster. Let's do this. By the way, I should have mentioned this when I was talking about Zach Levine earlier. He's hurt right now. He's probably not going to play in December. We probably won't see him play till January. Like that's got to be a factor in trade negotiations in negotiations too. He's got swelling in his foot. That's not good. But anyway, I think you need another creator. So then you've got to make a follow-up trade. I don't like I don't think you can just give the ball to Zach Levine all the times D'Angelo Russell would have had the ball and ask him to be your on-ball creator for everybody. So you probably need to get another point guard after you do that. And maybe that's why you add in, you know, an Alex Caruso trade or something. But Joseph said, was Cam injured at the end of the Mavs game? Felt like Darvin's rotation lost us that game. Luca was doing whatever he wanted while Cam picking up full court was effective. I don't know. Like I saw some rumbling about maybe his thigh was bugging him a little bit, but I never saw any confirmation because it was strange. But then against the Spurs, the Spurs kept blown by the Lakers, getting right to the basket. It seemed like the way you put out the fire is by putting out defensive players that can stop that. And the Lakers kept an all-offense unit out there as though they were down 10 instead of up 13 or whatever it was that they were stuck at for a while. Then suddenly here come the Spurs. It was odd. That's for sure. It's definitely odd. You know, I, I tend to, from the fan perspective, we tend to be critical of Darvin Ham. And that's not unique to Lakers fans. That's not unique to Lakers Nation. Fans across the board, across sports, really. Their team plays poorly. Their team loses. It's blame the coach. The coach tends to get a lot of blame. It's the way it goes. Um, And I'm pretty good at taking a step back and looking big picture at things. But even I looked at that game and I had a hard time justifying the way Darvin was. And I talked about it on the post game. I had a hard time justifying what Darvin was doing with his rotations. Just didn't make sense, especially to close out the game. It was almost like even Darvin was like, eh, it's the Spurs. I'm going to play around a little bit. I'm going to try this and this and just see what happens. And let's get this unit some experience under fire. And let's let's throw this at them. And then they almost got burned by that, which was, again, scary. But fortunately, fortunately, that game didn't result in a loss. Now, hopefully the Lakers can get a win tonight, head off into a two days of no game weekend and uh, rest up a bit before they play again next week. So important that the Lakers get a win tonight for this one. We'll see again. Keep an eye on the injury report. LeBron, Anthony Davis, do they play or do they rest? We'll see. Lakers nation. Thank you guys for joining me for the show. Put your thoughts in the comments down below. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lakers nation, YouTube channel podcast listeners. If you wouldn't mind giving me that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Certainly would appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.